You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, a two-game winning streak podcast. Who saw that coming? Not me. Redskins beat the Carolina Panthers 29-21. I am joined by Les Carpenter from the Washington Post. We talked about a lot of the young players, Darius Geis, Dwayne Haskins. Some really good thoughts from Les on what he feels it means for these players, what he has seen from these guys over the last few weeks. All right, now I'm going to bring in Les Carpenter from the Washington Post. And we're not going to talk about Les's favorite topic, which are coffee houses in opposing cities. But we'll talk about the run game first. Is that okay, Les? The, I found a good place here in Charlotte. Okay. In Charlotte but okay. we can we well, talk, we about talk about that later off the air. Yeah. But let's start with, with, with the run game. Darius Geis, um, just how good was it for the Redskins to see him do what he did today? I think it was huge. I mean, they've been waiting for this for two years now. And, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, the injury last year, then the injury this year, then, you know, the, obviously the waiting around throughout camp, everything it's taken to get to this uh, has been such a long and terminal wait. And when you think of everything that just piles up that's been wrong for this team over the years, it, it's just another big piece. This was a guy who was never going to be able to build an offense around at least to some degree. Mm-hmm. And he's not there. When you add up all the other guys who aren't here, it's just another big piece. But I think when you look to the future and you see Dwayne Haskins making tiny mm-hmm. little improvements and you see some of these receivers making improvements, you see the secondary looking a little better, all these young players, he is a young player who could kind of be that difference maker that kind of blows it all up and makes everything work. If healthy. If, if healthy, that's a big if. That's and a I big think if. It is, but you see him, I think one thing that kind of jumps out with him, you do see some of the speed. But you see that, that the violence that he runs with as yeah. well, which I don't know. I don't think anybody who's watched him should be surprised by that because it's what he showed in college. But it is a nice aspect to his game, and I think it's one reason why people respond to him. That he provides energy, not just because of explosiveness, but because of that physical style. Well, and because we haven't seen it. I mean, right, it, it, right. you know, because he's been he hasn't he's been sitting. I mean, you saw him a little bit in camp a couple of years ago, but that's camp. I mean, to actually see it in a real game, I kind of forgotten what he looked like back in college, yeah. and when he's running over True. guys and he's stiff arming people, and you know, you sort of think of always maybe he's just a speed guy, but no, you see the power and you see the the just the energy with which he runs and in the energy that he brings to an offense. Yeah. I mean, this offense has been moribund the whole year yeah. and all of a sudden, boom, it comes to life because Darius Geis is running. And, you know, I, yeah, it, it's a big piece that you could say looking forward, if he stays healthy, if everything works, if these other pieces kind of come together, yeah, maybe things look a little more promising down the road another year. And it's funny because when you look back a couple weeks ago after they lose to the Jets, how much does your thought change on some of these young guys after the last two weeks? Has it changed at all? Do you look at it differently because of what's... I don't know if I look at the young guys differently. I feel like a lot of things came together after that Mm -hmm. Jet game. 
uh, you know, and maybe maybe it was simply a matter of saying we're going to commit to a you know three cornerbacks who are you know third year younger players. Right. Uh, maybe we're going to commit to you know it's kind of slowly working guys back in. We're basically committing to three second years or younger receivers. So I think it's just kind of seeing all those players grow together. I don't know if anything has necessarily changed in terms of what I thought they could be. Uh, Haskins is probably the one that has made the biggest strides yeah. from looking sort of lost to suddenly saying, wow, you know, okay, now you can see where he's growing each game. Maybe it's getting a little better for him. Right. Uh, so that's maybe from the Jet game, that might be the one that jumps out at me what is, what is it that you've seen? What did you see from him against Carolina that, that showed some of that incremental progress? You know, I think I'd go back. Besides being to, out there for the victory side. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, but that, you, you laugh, but that I is know, one. Know, uh, but also looking back uh, even last week, you know, he missed some throws. Yeah. But if you think about it, well, he's making the right reads. He's getting the right protections. He's avoiding the rush a little bit better each week. And the throws that he made last week, while they weren't good throws, they were to the right people. Correct. Today, for the most part, I thought he threw to the right people. He's mm -hmm. playing with really no tight ends. He's playing with a lot of young receivers. And again, Trey Quinn went down today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's a constant, you know, sort of turmoil around him. Uh, I thought, again, he, would, he did a very nice job of getting away from the pass rush. I thought he extended plays really well. You know, he jumped to throw a yeah. ball to sprinkle today. It was kind of fun to yeah. see that. Uh, I didn't feel like he made a lot of really dumb throws or bad throws that you would see of a rookie quarterback. And, you know, I think he was sacked, what, three times, as yeah. I recall? Uh, you know. It, it could have been worse, and he kept it from being he, worse. He doesn't look scared or lost right now. As opposed to a couple of weeks ago. As opposed to before, before he started getting the full action, but even against the Jets. Yeah, even against the Jets. I mean, he was sacked six times in mm -hmm. that game. Uh, or you go back to the games before that where he seemed sort of bewildered mm -hmm. out there. You you know, I've always heard this guy is so smart, yeah. and he picks things up very fast. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. He is picking things up very, very quickly. Now, I don't know what the rest of the season will hold. I, you know, I, I don't know that you could say this just guarantees that he's going to take off. But it's nice to see a young quarterback, especially with 14 college starts, take this incremental step each week and look better. He has not trended down. He has right. trended up the last few weeks. Absolutely. And it was, so when you look at these last, what do they have, four more weeks here, what can be accomplished for this team? In other words, like, you know, because people, there have been, there was such a focus on draft pick, draft pick, draft pick. I always believe that if your young kids can start to play well and you can finish strong, that's a lot better for them because it means that you've hit on some of these guys, you know? Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, other than, of course, you know, winning out and finishing 7-9 and nine and uh, stealing the division <laughs> from the Cowboys, alive. which is still, still alive, alive, as ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. I, I do think that sometimes we get so obsessed with draft picks yeah. and you get you, – presumably you don't need a quarterback – so then you're you're really just building your hopes around one or two guys in those first couple picks. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to know that you have maybe five or six or seven first or second year guys that you think can kind of be, you know, staples going forward here, and then you can kind of fill in around with the draft and in free agency because they will have some room to do that this right. year too. And then, you know, then you go into the uncapped year next year or whatever it is, and maybe things take off a little bit. So... 
I, I don't know. I yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't think there's anything bad about finishing with six wins or seven wins or whatever it is and say, wow, we got some guys to build around with and we don't have to worry about getting the guy at number one. Yeah, because like, that was a big thing. So, well, you know, do you, if they have a number one pick, you take Joe Burrow. Like, well, if Dwayne Haskins is showing improvement, that's what you need to see. It's an this. argument you don't need with this franchise Correct. right now. No, no matter what no, happens over the next few weeks, you would like the idea to go into next year with maybe getting a veteran quarterback, whether you bring Colt back mm-hmm. or somebody else. Uh, Case Keenum or another guy to work with Dwayne and grow with Dwayne and there will be more bumps on the road and you never know there's injuries and things and so you would like to be able to bring in a veteran guy than have to sit there and start all over again with a rookie I, I I agree with you I don't think that was ever productive and the funny thing is you know we talk about some of the young guys on offense there are a lot of young guys on defense too and they've been playing better they you know they did a good job today against Christian McCaffrey Landon Collins one of those guys who to me has kind of stood out hasn't made a ton of impact plays in terms of game changers, but makes plays. What have you thought about his season? And, you know, do you, you know, I, I don't want to put in the kinds of side, right. just as a player. Well, think? if you remember back to when he signed, I think everybody was like, oh my gosh, they're overpaying him. Right. And I think you probably would agree with me on this. Sometimes the Redskins have gotten themselves in positions in recent years where you have to overpay guys yeah, to get them like in here and then to provide what you would hope would be leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, over time, yeah, he's been steady. He hasn't been outstandingly, you know, just jumped out at you. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he makes those plays, and he tends to make those plays just when you think, oh gosh, you know, Colin well, Collins hasn't done anything today, and then there he is making one. And I do think overall that sort of experience and maturity, it's still a pretty young age, mm-hmm. uh, has kind of seeped into some of those younger guys. And again, the commitment today, you know, the last two weeks to playing three young cornerbacks. Uh, the commitment, right. you know, all season long to playing Cole Holcomb in the middle. And, right. yeah, you're starting to see those dividends pay off. And then when you bring in, say, Ruben Foster, see if he's healthy next year, can come back, then you're adding you in a player. Well, you keep forgetting about him. Yeah. But if healthy, and that's a big if, he is an elite-level player. He mm. showed it early in his career. And so I think some of those things, if – Again, it's a lot of happy talk right. after it's, a near it's loss. Two straight win. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But after there a near are blown. right. Yeah. But there are signs that yes, there are some young players that you can build around here. Yeah, and I think that's on the, both sides. I, on both sides of the ball, I think that's the big key too. And also to close it out that way, it's not such a horrible thing because you you, you get put in a really bad spot. You're thinking, oh my god, they're going to somehow blow this, and then to come out and stop them four times in there, is you know what it's like. I'm sure they're just like, yeah, it's not a bad Well, this is one, one thing that I kind of think about with this team, uh, and we talk about Haskins and his development. I mean, this has certainly not been a nurturing year for him. If you were hoping, yeah, yeah. this is not the year you throw at a young right. quarterback to say, I'm going to help him grow and serve him best. This has been a, you know, kind of a disaster yeah. for a lot of ways is what's been thrown at him. I would wonder, what will he be like a couple of years down the road for having gone through this, I maybe mean, and it could go either way. Could go, we don't know, but I think that there is something that he'll look back and say, "Well, you know, nothing good happened to me that first year, but you know, what? year three or four, I'm way better because of what happened right. in 2019." Now, who knows? And, I mean, that's that's going way right. ahead. But that is something that I think when you look at the development of young players, a lot of these guys, you look at them and say, "Well, they went through a lot of you know a lot of bumps this year." But maybe that makes them stronger for the future. I don't know. But that is, 
a thought that I've had several times watching some of these guys. I think that's a good way to end because I agree with that. I think that's a good thought, and we can all ponder that now as we go on with our day. Les Carpenter, thank you very much for joining me. Read them in the Washington Post. And we'll talk about coffee houses soon. All right. After this break, I caught up with Redskins safety Landon Collins talking about the game. You'll get to hear that conversation in a moment. What was it that you guys were calling early that you said, okay, this isn't working? Uh, we were just calling too many blitzes, trying to get pressure too early, okay. except for trying to fill out the game first, so yeah. we know they, what they like to do. Well, because you had, you had success blitzing later in the game, too. Yeah. What changed? Because, like, you, Orchard gets the pressure off that, you draw two guys, you get another, you free up someone else. You figure out what they're going to do, what, they're coming, what the formation is, uh, what they like like what they like to do personnel-wise and what personnel they were trying to deal with, and uh, because we knew where they was going to go with the ball, but the first couple series, they was doing things we wasn't prepared for. Like what? What were they doing? Uh, just um, swap boosters, stretch. Um, okay, okay. We was we was more in tune in swap boost gap schemes. Um, with the pass plays, they was doing um, 87 switches with different people, except for the guys we was studying. So you guys stop them, and then you get that last drive. It's for it's first and goal at the one yard line, and you're thinking, uh oh, what what, what about that last sequence there? Uh-huh. What about, I mean, so what, what, what are you guys saying in the huddle? What, what was that like to end the game uh, like We that? know we had it. <laughs> we just had to just do our job. We've been stopping them all. We thought we knew. <laughs> we knew we had them. We just knew that we had to um, figure out uh, what we're supposed to do. Just play some, play our defense. We've been shutting them down all game, so that's why not do it again. But they have, they, you know, they have a lot of hype for Christian McCaffrey coming in. You guys did a pretty good job against him. What was the key there? Um, the run game, like we knew the run game like the back on hand. So from that standpoint, we knew the gap schemes. They went big. Team gonna go back to what they know best and what they do best. So gap schemes, um, swap boots, pull up, stuff like that. That's what they got back to and we played it out from there. And last thing, you have two outside linebackers who are basically signed this week mm -hmm. at the end of the game, and yet mm -hmm. they're going out there making plays. And mm -hmm. what, is, what does that say about those two? Oh, and I, I just said that they came, they did their job. They came and played. They did, um, did an excellent job studying, um, putting the work out, and um, made the best of the opportunity. Honestly, uh, we, put, we pushed it on them and put all the tasks on but we kept it simple for them. I mean, we don't do much with our defensive ends, um, and we didn't do much with them, having dropped too much. So it was pretty good. After this break, I'll be back with my five observations, including a couple more thoughts on Dwayne Haskins, one on Landon Collins, and I think there's an interview that J.P. Finley did on NBC Sports Washington with a particular player that I think you're going to go want, want to go back and see if you can find it on Twitter, online, somewhere. I'm going to tell you why I think you should. All right, now it's time for my five observations coming once again after a win. How about that? Anyways, on to the observations. Number one, one thing you need to know about quarterback Dwayne Haskins is that he feeds off the energy of the game. Terry McLaurin has talked about that, and you could see his confidence and his energy growing throughout the first half with each completion. They hit a point, and I kind of forgot which moment it was, where I just thought, this team looks confident and they're somehow going to win. They just were playing with more confidence than I felt like Carolina was at that point in the game. This was in the second quarter. And at that point, they were still down by probably eight points. 
In some cases, it's young players maturing, but it's also about them making plays. That's what this game is about. The run game was awesome, but I also thought that Haskins did a nice job. Wasn't great. Don't want to create a false narrative here, but he also took another step. I thought his accuracy was a ton better. I saw him stepping and driving into some more of his throws. There are passes that he threw into covers that I felt like avoided danger specifically because of his accuracy. The one to tight end Jeremy Sprinkle that was low and over the middle and dropped, that was to the other side of the def- and away from the defender. There was one to Terry McLaurin where it appeared that safety Trey Boston was going to pick it. But go back and watch the throw. He threw it to McLaurin's inside shoulder to avoid Boston. Had it been to the outside shoulder, it's a pick. Those are little things, man, but man, they add up. Before the game, I talked to someone with the organization who viewed this as a good barometer for Haskins because it was a solid defense and it came with him finally having some experience. When he faced the Vikings, he didn't have that kind of experience. That's a really good defense. I'd say that Haskins passed. Number two, it's also clear that Haskins can make some plays with his legs. He will never be a big-time scrambler, but he does know how to slide from pressure and how to get himself out of some bad spots. One thing I want to share with you that when you when I watched him at Ohio State, he started to remove, use his legs more and more as the season went on. But I also think he's been able to use them even more this year and show a little bit more elusiveness in the pocket because he's done things like cut down the body fat that he had. He told me last week that he had been at 17%. He's down to 13%. He looks different than when he was drafted. Certainly thinner. Lost some of the, I hate to say baby fat, but that's kind of what it looked like. And so I think all of that, I think that has helped as well. He did get sacked five times, but he also kept plays alive with his legs. There was a 26-yard pass to Kelvin Harmon on a third and seven, in which he slid left, kept his eyes down the field. That's where his size helps too. He can see over the rush and therefore did not have to create more room for himself to make the throw. Wasn't really able to set his feet on that, but what he did do is get a good job getting his hips around, and that led him to getting his arm around, get led to an accurate pass. One thing I want to check out when I go back and watch the game is where was his elbow on a lot of these throws? Last week against the Lions, when I, I would watch the film, stop it, and you'd see that elbow was like really low at times, way too low for what he was trying to do, and it's going to lead to a naturally high throw, especially if you're kind of throwing off a stiff front leg. I, want, I will be curious to see how that plays out because he was not throwing high um, Sunday. He wasn't, you know, on that play, he wasn't able to throw to set his feet, but he did, got, excuse me, did a good job getting his hips around. That led to an accurate pass. There was another time where he was able to drift back, create a little bit more room for himself, see over the rush, and get another completion. At times, he made some decisions that, you know, you look back and say probably wasn't the best one. There were also some balls that were dropped. Overall, my initial impression of his game is that I liked a lot of what he showed, and that was growth. There were flashes. I liked the two-minute drive at the end of the first half. Did not like how it ended, but I felt like to that point, he was calm, confident, and delivered some strikes. I also think they need to make tight end a massive priority, giving Haskins more help in the red zone. Right now, the red zone is a major issue, and I think that's on the entire offense. Probably some of that is on on Haskins as well. He hasn't been good down there. They haven't been good down there with him. But I like the steps that Haskins has taken in recent weeks. Now, let's see how he fares in the last quarter of the season. Number three, I alluded to this in my conversation with Les, but I don't mind the fact that the game came down to the defense having to stop Carolina from the one-yard line. And I say that knowing the outcome, because if they hadn't stopped them, it would have been an outright horrible, horrible ending. 
but they did. And I think you learn a ton about yourself having gone through that sort of adversity where the, you have the game and then you blow the onside kick and, and in a way that it's unbelievable. And then they drive down to the one yard line, have a first and goal, they're at home, and they have a guy that you would consider or who had been considered an MVP candidate up until the last couple of weeks in Christian McCaffrey. Then, you, then they buck up and they stop him. This is a year where this team has lost, had lost 9 of 11 games to that point, and you could, gen, you could surely almost anticipate, hey, are they thinking, here it comes again. That didn't happen, though, and I think that speaks volumes. I don't want to make too much of this two-game streak because the quarterback play they faced hasn't been stellar, but the Redskins had so much going wrong for them that they needed to see something go right. They still might lose the rest of their games, maybe even win just one more, don't know. A lot of jobs are on the line here over the last quarter of the season, and how they finish could, could and will determine their fate. But what we know is the last two weeks, they can feel good about their progress. Number four, I would also say for those wondering what they have to play for, go check out the interview interview that linebacker Nate Orchard did with J.P. Finley on NBC Sports Washington after the game. J.P. asked him about what it meant to him to be playing in the game and making the plays he did. Orchard started to tear up when discussing what this game meant to him after being out on the street and street about being out on the street until last week. He was terrific. It wasn't just the stop in the last play. In fact, he made a couple stops in that four-down stretch to help win this game. He made other plays throughout the game. It was his effort all game. There were times where he chased down quarterback Kyle Allen from behind where it's like, wow, that was just good effort. So when you wonder why teams don't quit in a situation like that, or when you say, well, what do they have to play for? Think of a guy like Orchard. Maybe for fans there's nothing to play for, or you think there's nothing a team has to play for, but for a guy like Orchard, there's everything to play for. It will dictate his future. When you have guys like that and a lot of other young guys, it does provide a different sort of energy, especially if you can start winning. Finally, number five, and I want to go back to Landon Collins, even though Les and I spoke a little bit about him for a minute or so, but I love what he adds to the defense. Again, I'm not debating the contract. Yes, it was a lot to pay a strong safety, whatever. What I'm looking at more about his what he's done on the field for them. And I love how he attacks the line of scrimmage. When he sees it, he gets after it. Collins is a film junkie, and it shows in his play because of how decisive he often is. One thing I remember, I go back to the day he was signed or the day they had the press conference for him, and I was talking to Doug Williams about Collins. And one thing he said that Collins said he wanted to live near Redskins Park because he didn't want to waste a lot of time driving. He wanted to get home and do more film study. That's what he likes to do. And you can see it when he is decisive out there, man. And I think that goes back to that him being a film junkie. I also like that when he blitzed today, he helped teammates make plays. Orchard came free on one blitz because the tackle who started off on Orchard starts to help the guard because he sees Collins blitzing. That leaves Orchard free to chase down Allen from behind for a two-yard gain on a second and 17. Later, I think it was Ioannidis who got the sack when Collins blitzed on the right side, forcing Allen up into the pocket. I wouldn't call Collins a verbal, excuse me, a vocal leader necessarily. He speaks when necessary, but he is a good player, and I think he sets a good, um, good leadership example by his approach. He's only 25. And speaking of film junkies, and I want to kind of segue into this to touch close us out. We touched a little bit on Cole Holcomb earlier, another one of those young guys. But I wanted to point out the value of a guy like John Bostic. 
Bostic is, you know, there are times people think he's been good, times where you say, what the hell is he doing out there? Whatever. Holcomb has been a, has always been a study guy, but I think playing with Bostic will help take those studies up a notch. Bostic often quizzes Holcomb about what he's doing, getting him to really think the game more than he had even in college. One reason Holcomb went from a walk-on at Carolina to a fifth-round pick and a starter here is because of the work he puts in. But I think Bostic has helped him focus or narrow that focus even more or, or help develop that skill even more. And there are times even on the field where he's saying, what do you see, what do you see, what do you see? He knows, and he said by, by doing that, he forces Holcomb to see it. But then it also helps determine you know, what, what Bostic is going to do off that. But it really helps Holcomb, I think, develop more of what is a major, major plus for him. I think you've seen fewer mistakes from Holcomb in the last couple of weeks. Again, I don't want to go overboard on this um, because there is always a growing process for every rookie. But I do think whether you like Bostic as a player or not, I think there are times where he does make some, he does help them out in that run game. But I do, and I one thing I'll say about him, I do think he can be a future coach based on his knowledge and preparation. When you talk to him, he's a really smart player. Whether he may not even be back here next year, but I do think there are players that are, who will be here in the future who will have benefited from playing next to Bostic just because of how prepared he is. With that, I'm out. Thank you very much to Les Carpenter from the Washington Post for joining me. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Landon Collins for taking a few minutes after the game to discuss some of the key parts of Sunday's win over the Carolina Panthers. Have a good one, everybody.